We all have different pain that we're running from, insecurities, um, voices from our past that, that echo when they shouldn't in the middle of the night or when we're on a long drive or whatever. So, yeah, I was trying to quiet those voices. Thankfully, what I ended up hearing was the voice of Jesus. Welcome to the Influencers Podcast. I'm Scott Young. Our co-host Dave Donaldson is out on assignment today, but we have a fascinating podcast today. Let me ask this question, friends. What is the most dangerous thing you have ever done in your life? Hey, I jumped out of a perfectly good airplane. And if you look hard enough on the internet, you may find me being shot out of a cannon. And there's a whole other story behind that. I live in a circus town. So we have lots of adventure seekers here. And our guest today could be called an adrenaline junkie. Ryan George has visited and been on all seven continents. He is a certified wing walker. What does that mean? That means walking on the wing of a plane while it's flying. I didn't even know you could be certified, but he's a certified wing walker. He's a bungee jumping enthusiast. He's a via ferrata, which is a technique of mountain climbing. He has surfed, not in Hawaii, but in the Arctic. He has climbed ice mountains on three continents. He has paraglided in seven countries all while searching for meaning, acceptance, contentment, and recognition. He was running from pain and regret and looking for adrenaline really to fill some kind of void in his heart and also the media affirmation, social media, and getting people's attention. While on his journey, he actually found that God had a definition for success and adventure, and we're going to be talking about that today. Hey, I really encourage you to pick up his book. He's written a book called Scared to Life, which are stories, tales of a good God who reveals his heart when our heart is racing. (laughs) Ryan, we're so glad you're with us today, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the Influencers Podcast, which is all about people listening increasing the influence of their life so that they can change their world and the world they live in. Thank you, thank you, thank you for taking some time to hang out with us today. Oh man, thanks for having me. I'm excited for this conversation. Just how in, how did you get into this to be <laughs> an adrenaline junkie? How, how Did this start young, when you hit puberty? Like when did this happen? So it started in 2006. Um, So my siblings and I were all homeschooled. And one of the beauties of homeschool is that you can pick where you go for your senior trip. And my brother and I had been watching The Amazing Race. And we're like, we could do that. And so we Googled all the places to do all the crazy things we saw on the show. And we convinced my parents to let me take them for two weeks down in New Zealand. And we jumped off of a building and a mountain and an airplane and all kinds of different things. And then I was hooked. So he wasn't. He came home, went back to regular life, went into the military, and I, I just started chasing adrenaline all over the globe. So, so what, what's the craziest, most outlandish if you, uh, thing that you have uh, done, if you can even like think of the, the wildest thing you've done? Uh, well, most people – so I have probably a different answer than most people looking at my life. So my answer is I adopted a teenager at 15 years old. <laughs> Uh, but for most people, it's the picture that's on the cover of the book. And it's, you know, a lot of my profiles on social media, it's me on the outside of an airplane. So 
I've gone out on the wings of an airplane, not just while it's flying, but while it's doing aerobatic maneuvers like stalls and rolls and uh, loops and all that kind of stuff. And so most people consider that the most extreme thing I've done. That was safer than I was this morning driving my motorcycle to the YMCA to work out. But for most people, they, they think that's the crazy thing. So no, just back up. Tell me about adopting. You adopted a teenager? Yes, sir. I was on a helicopter expedition up in British Columbia. We were stand-up paddleboarding on some glacier melt up in the mountains. And I get back to civilization, and I got a text from my wife saying, uh, law enforcement has put a young lady in our care. Uh, she was in my wife's Bible study when she was a little kid, and she reached out, called my wife. My wife showed up, uh, called the cops. The cops showed up and said, oh, we're going to send her home with you. Um, long story short, three years later, uh, she was our daughter, and my name is on her birth certificate. So. Yeah, Ryan, that is so cool. That's yeah. an, that that is an adventure. Oh and man, it'll stretch you more than go down the wings of an airplane for sure. <laughs> so so more more than one is it one child? Uh, just one child. One. Mm-hmm. Wow. What yeah, a, I became a dad at forty one years old. <laughs> My goodness. Yeah, after eighteen years <laughs> of marriage. Yeah. Wow! 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 And then these other adventures that you've been in, involved in. And uh, uh, do, you have, do you have any more in the future or wild things? Or are you kind of, are you in your sunset years? Or oh, where are no. you, bro? Uh, so I'm in a healthier place for why I do the things. And so they're spaced a little bit further out than what they used to be. It used to be anytime I started to get anxious or insecure, I'd have to look up a trip and go do something to feel better about myself. Thankfully, I'm in a much better spiritual place and psychological place and all that. But yeah, I've got some big ones on the adventure. We're already planning two years out um, for some just epic exposure. I love paragliding. It's it's probably the most peaceful of all the things mm. I do that looks scary. It's, a lot of people would just be scared to run off a mountain, but mm-hmm. it's actually quite peaceful. And so we're putting together a, a pretty epic European paragliding trip. I just got back from one. I was bungee jumping over in Europe and uh, hiking through the Faroe Islands, which are in the North Atlantic. So I'm most of my summer's done. I've got, I think, a UTV trip coming up in Utah here in a couple of months. But yeah, I'll calm down. My busy season at my day job is the fall, so I don't get out a whole lot except for locally in the autumn. So you were using, could I say, you were using these adventures to? I almost sounded like to almost like to self medicate. Oh sure, yeah. I mean, and and the science behind adrenaline junkie. So that term came out you know, in the early nineties, I mean, that's a, the medical and the science uh, knowledge behind that is proven. You know, the more scared you are, the more body chemicals and hormones that it release Mm -hmm. and it can become habit forming. Um, I don't know so much that I go through withdrawal as much as like, it's just, um, when I am doing one of these things, especially uh, a high speed thing, like driving a race car on the wings of an airplane or something where you have to be utterly attentive, the rest of your world goes quiet. You know, the, mm-hmm. the weight of your bills, the weight of your stress back home, the email inbox, all the things that get our heart rate up back home disappear. So I just replace heart rate with a different heart rate, a high <laughs> heart rate. Um, but yeah, I would go, I would go to try to distract myself from pain, from, you know, not being one of the cool kids. I was bullied in middle school. I was okay. I was homeschooled through high school. I got to college. I wasn't one of the cool kids. So when social media came out early in my career and I had some disposable income, I was like, I'm going to finally show those people what I could do. I call it digital courage. Like some people yeah. will drink alcohol for liquid courage. For mm-hmm. me, when I turned that GoPro on, I was able to do scary things 
just in hope that people would accept me. And, and thankfully now I can do them for the right reasons. And uh, not all of my yeah. adventures make it online anymore. It's not to prove to the world. It's just to enjoy it for myself. So, so the pain that you were running from, pain of rejection, would you say? or Oh, all different things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I had a hard childhood. I had a lot of adjustment in my career, a lot of things figuring out the world. We've all gone through this in the last several years during COVID. I mean, it was so hard for me during COVID to to not be able to go travel and, and do some of these yeah. things in other countries that I love to do. We, we all have different pain that we're running from, insecurities, yeah. um, voices from our past that, that echo when they shouldn't in the middle of the night or when we're on a long drive or whatever. So yeah, I was trying to quiet those voices. Thankfully, what I ended up hearing was the voice of Jesus and um, his voice became clearer and clearer and louder to me and yeah. very much reassuring and loving. And um, I, what I would find is on these adventures, I would feel his presence and I would process the adventures afterwards through the filter of faith. And it just made him that much more rewarding and that much habit, more habit forming. Tell us about that because you, you were an adrenaline junkie to run away from pain, but there was some discovery. I, I imagine you're a man of faith now. Mm -hmm. And some discovery in the midst of these um, high, uh, possibly danger uh, <laughs> areas. I guess walking on a plane wing would be uh, dangerous. But tell us about your journey towards faith. And and you say you do adventurous things now, but you do it for different reasons. So just unpack that a little bit for us. Yeah, early on, one of my a couple years after I started doing the adrenaline things, I got into doing like backpacking and some outdoor stuff and one of my pastors was an outward bound guide uh, before he mm -hmm. became our pastor and they help people process through a lot of the things that i was working through but one yeah. of the things that you do is you take someone you push them to their limit either physically or in their fear or whatever and then you go okay you just surpassed an arbitrary limit and you just learned it was arbitrary what's something back home in your faith life in your marriage in your family in your work or whatever that now you know is just arbitrary what can you do to, to go back with what you now know. And so I started processing it through faith. What did I learn about God today? What did I learn about my community of faith, that, whether it's my church or my small group or you know, my inner circle? And so then that became formative for me so that every adventure I go on, I ask, what did, I, what did God reveal himself? Where did I hear a whisper? Where did I hear a shout? Or what did I learn about the people of faith who went with me? And I've just seen huge breakthroughs. There's this like I hate to use this. I, I don't mean this blasphemously. It's like a foxhole mentality. I've never been to war. I, I'm not that courage, yeah. courageous. Um, but there's this idea that when with a group of people, you conquer an enemy. So in our case, the enemy was fear or um, sure. anxiety or whatever it is. Then you can run through a brick wall with those people. Like you feel a brotherhood or a sisterhood with people. Um, and so I felt that over and over again with different people that I would do these trips with. Um, my pastors are all adrenaline junkies of different kinds. One's an ice climber and a whitewater paddler. One flies experimental aircraft. A couple used to race motorcycles. Like one of the guys came to our church and came to Jesus because he raced motorcycles with my pastor. So like I'm surrounded. The guys that I do ministry with are motocross racers and, uh, you know, wakeboarders and wake surfers and stuff. It's like a bunch of people pushing their physical limits, but also leaning into their faith the same way of making big surrenders of overcoming their fears and their doubts to say yes to Jesus and the Holy Spirit. So, so there's a group that you co-lead called the dude group. Yeah. Is that, is that for like, this, is this your pastors that have helped you to find these? Like, tell me what are, they, are you looking for fellow adventurers to join with you? 
uh, if they're local for sure. So I, I live between Lynchburg and Roanoke, Virginia. So it's a parachurch organization. So it's not my pastors though. My pastors are fans of it. They've come and visited. They've asked me questions about it. They're, they're big fans, but, um, guys from different churches, we meet once a week. We'll either read a book or, uh, read through a Bible passage or a character study or watch a video. And then we ask ourselves, what's the hard thing that we can dare each other to do this week to take it from Bible study to Bible doing. And then we pray for each other. So we have a policy. You don't leave unless you've been prayed for. Mm. And so what we do is we pray courage over that person. One of the things that I pray over them is that just like in my adrenaline rushes, that when they make that big obedience or surrender and they go past that, all the body chemicals, chemicals and all the sirens screaming in their system, that God would reward them just like I get rewarded physically when I jump out of a plane or off a cliff or off a bridge or whatever. And then, then we follow up the next week and say, how'd you do with that? And sometimes we go do service projects together. Sometimes we, we counsel people through some hard things. We, one time we just said, hey, everybody in this group, we're going to go to this guy's funeral because it means something to somebody else. He doesn't know Jesus. Let's all just show up and sit in the back row. And it can be all kinds of assignments. We had some group came to us and said, hey, someone just donated like a half million dollar skate park to our ministry. Would you guys take it apart and transport it to our new location? Like, sure. So we spent six weeks doing that for them. So it's whatever we feel is a holy assignment. We kind of dare each other to do scary things. What's awesome is we got guys from mid twenties to the mid seventies and they're all running after Jesus. One of my buddies is 74 years old. And he said, I've never experienced Jesus like wow. I'm experiencing right now because he's being dared to greatness. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Do you find the same uh, camaraderie that you talked about, like the foxhole, like that you were bonded with guys mm. through an adventure. Do you find that same, um, community with this spiritual group? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, guys go through a hard thing when their their wife leaves them or their child's not allowed to leave the hospital because of complications or something goes seriously south. They lose a home to bankruptcy or whatever, and you're there that day. You know, you're at their granddad's funeral that you never met that guy in your life. You, you'll lock arms with those guys for a long time, and it's very contagious. So you started this journey towards Jesus. Obviously, you, you found a, a, a key is community, being together. Uh, Absolutely. When did that get introduced into your faith walk? Like, was that like from day one, someone said, hey, you need community to do this thing with Jesus? Or did you grow into it? How, how did you find this spiritual community? I think which is what you were really looking for with the adventure. I want to call them the adventure gang. <laughs> those guys were, but you were looking for it, but you've, there's, there's been a transformation in your life, Ryan, that you, you kind of were, you had one thing, but it was like a pseudo and now you've found some reality. And I'd really like you to mm. talk to people that are listening about that journey. Oh man, that's very perceptive way to pick up on that. So yeah, it, the Venn diagram of that is almost within 12 months of each other. You know, when I, Within seven, six, seven months of my first bungee jump is when I got baptized and I got into a community of faith of people. I grew up in the church. My dad is a minister. Uh, I went to a Christian college. Like I knew a lot of that stuff, but I, I really wouldn't say I was a follower of Jesus until I was fully married and, and pursuing these things and unlocking some of these lessons about Jesus in community of being given permission to ask questions that I've never was allowed to ask growing up, you know? And, um, yeah, for people, I remember there's a story in the book about a guy we were playing pickup basketball, some guys from my church. We were walking off the court, and one of our student pastors, I knew him you know, a little bit, and he said, hey, one of these days, Ryan, you're going to need to know, we like you for who you are. You got nothing to prove to us. 
And that's been true of every spiritual environment that I've been in. And, mm -hmm. um, and of course the ones that I've started, I, I told one of my friends, I said, one of my goals with every spiritual environment that I lead is for people to feel unbullied. So they good. feel accepted. And then when people feel accepted, then they open up their heart. And then once they open up their heart, you can challenge them to do great things. Even timid people, you can, you can push on those boundaries and, We've watched people give their life to Christ. We've watched marriages get put back together. We've watched just incredible surrenders. People, one of our buddies, we were studying spiritual gifts, and he says, it says here I should be a missionary. And four weeks later, he like he was a missionary. Like He just left. Wow. He didn't raise support or anything. Just And now he's working with incredible international communities, refugee camps. And he could do that because he had the freedom to go, guys, I think I have to change my – he was a used car salesman. He's like, I yeah. think i got to change everything about my life. And when you're in a safe space, you feel comfortable to do that. So, so talk, there's somebody that's listening that's that's like you were, and they are going to church, and there was there was something even pseudo about that that you found some reality. You were going to church, but now you are you're a genuine follower of Jesus. I, don't, I think that's how you describe yourself. And talk yeah. to us about the difference, because somebody would say that's what I want. I, mm -hmm. I go to church, but I'm kind of disconnected. I hear the words, but I, there's nothing in the passion that Ryan's talking about. <laughs> I would like that. I'd like to find community. So how do we help those people to find what you found? Well, first, I would say that people don't need to look to find someone like me or even my church. Um, you know, one of my friends that doesn't know Jesus calls my church Adventure Church. But I, <laughs> but I had guys in do group to go to very different churches than I do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so what I would say is, lean on the promises of Jesus. He said, if you seek me, you will find me. And mm -hmm. um, if you'll search, you'll find, ask him, God, I want something more. Uh, one of the prayers I, I love to pray over people is that God would reveal himself. And I, I challenge people, even people who don't know Jesus yet to say, ask Jesus to reveal himself. Why wouldn't he answer that question? The community aspects a little bit harder because it's yeah. not a guarantee. It is a risk. It, to yeah. me, Putting yourself out there is just as risky as going out on the wings of an airplane, and it's not always rewarded, and it hasn't always been rewarded in my life. I'm thankful more times than not, and in the communities that I lead now, it's the case. But you oftentimes will have to go first. And uh, one of the, one of my mentors told me, he said, give people, Ryan, the gift of going second. You go deep first. You be vulnerable first and see what mm -hmm. happens. And what I have found is usually people will respond to that, whether that's in a coffee shop or whether that's in a church community or wherever. I was. I'm writing that down, bro. The gift of going. <laughs> no, I'm writing that down. That that's awesome, and and uh, that that thought just. I'm still thinking about it. So that's. It's a good one. A it, it rocked it my is. world for it sure, is. man. It, it's just like okay, I'll, I'll I'll risk. I'm not walking on a plane wing, but I'm going to risk being vulnerable to invite somebody else into genuine um, community. And that's, and for some people, that's that's more scary than going bungee jumping, right? Everybody has different fears. My brother will eat food I won't touch, right? <laughs> but he's scared to do some of the stuff I do. My wife is saying, my wife will walk into a brothel in Managua, Nicaragua, she's bilingual, sit down with a prostitute and wrap her arm around her prayer over, say, how can we get you into a micro loan and get it into a different uh, profession? Let me introduce you to Jesus. Can I pray for you? I, I would struggle to do that. So we all have different fears, but we all have a different voice also in the back of our head that whispers saying, this is the thing you need to do. Maybe it's going across the street and inviting someone to dinner. Like in my yeah. neighborhood, I've never had my neighbor over for dinner. I'm so scared to do that. But I'll yeah. go out on the wings of an airplane. Like it's yeah. so weird. Yeah, yeah. 
So, so you also have a unique perspective on something that I think is rampant, and that is um, the comparison culture that kind of mm. sucks you in, the social media, <clears throat> what people are posting, what they say. Um, talk to somebody that's listening that they're looking for their approval, I call it like horizontally, and somehow you broke through that and you found it vertically. You found it through a relationship with God. And I, I think there's a lot of anxiety in the rising generation mm. because of the way they compare themselves on social media. And you've had a breakthrough in that area. Yeah, so I do social media for a living. So I know what social media is meant to do to people. <laughs> yeah, My job, I get paid pretty well to make people not like their life and want something more. Hmm. And so that gives me a little bit insider's perspective. <laughs> and so what you have to realize is that what you see online, um, what you see from advertisers isn't always the truth. And it's not that they're lying to you, but what they're saying is you could have a better life if you went to this place for vacation or if you bought this product. And what you see from your friends is the highlight reel of their life. You don't see them crying when they come home from work. You don't see them fighting with their spouse, all those kind of things. And so what happens is, is the problem with comparisons, you're not comparing apples to apples, you're comparing apples to oranges. Mm. And so one of the, one of the stops on the journey for me becoming less addicted to social media was my pastor after a service, he was talking about people who are addicted to legacy and that that can become an idol, even for Christians. And, and I said, man, this is me. I, I'm trying to get the most people at my funeral of anybody I know, you know? So I went, I talked to him after the service. He said, here's what I want you to do, Ryan. I want you to go on a grand adventure and I don't want you to take a single picture or video and I don't want you to talk about it online. I was like, all right. Wow. And my next adventure was incredible, dude. Like, unreal. You wish you could have shared it, but you'd right. made this promise. But, but it, it breaks the cycle, right? And then you go, oh, maybe I don't need to share as much. And then one of the things that really hit me hard. So, insecurity and arrogance are two sides of the same coin. They're just mm. compensating wow. for the other. Right. And I would have people walk across the parking lot at my church. That's where I serve is out in the parking lot. Yeah. And they go, Hey man, I live vicariously through you on Facebook. And the bullied fifth grader in me was like, yes. But yeah. the 40 year old me went, no, I, I want you to live fully who you're supposed to be. And so, so what good. I learned was I talking to people as I wrote the book about, Hey, what kind of things should I, be careful with and those kind of things. And, and my sister said, she's like, you got to realize that sometimes Ryan, when you make yourself feel better, it makes somebody else feel worse and about themselves. And so it really changes how I write my posts on Facebook and my blogs. It, it's not just that you post your dirty laundry physically mm -hmm. or, or fi mm -hmm. you know, figuratively. It's that you, you go, you tell people the full story. Here's where I was scared or here's, Here's what was going on in my life, and I needed this for the wrong reasons. And you know, so when you reveal your motives to people, man, their walls come down, and they don't compete. Like you've probably experienced this now that you've gone skydiving and shot out of a cannon, which sounds amazing. Uh, you get telling a story, and someone tries to one up you, right? And then you match yeah. it, and you go, yeah. "Well, then I got shot out of a cannon." When they, oh, geez, then nobody has that. And so my shot out of a cannon is riding on the wings of a plane. What I have learned is in those, when I sense that spiral starting to happen, to just celebrate the other person and then to grab them by the shoulder, walk them over to somebody else. Like, you got to hear this person's story. Mike just did this amazing thing. He's 74 years old and he just jumped off this thing, right? And you watch their chest expand and their shoulders come up and the competitiveness goes away. And so you can do that online with how you react, how you celebrate other people. Yeah, so good. And it will inoculate it for yourself. 
Yeah. And I got to have full disclosure. So they did picture me going into the cannon and they did shoot something out of the cannon. <laughs> but there is some trick photography that goes on. These are some circus people that are great friends of ours. And we did like a little, we did some trick photography to pull that stunt off. Still, Unlike, it looks un awesome. <laughs> wow. It was a lot of fun. Unlike when you walk on the wings of an airplane, you are actually on the wings of an airplane. Hey, yeah. tell me, tell me how your your following Jesus has made you a better man, uh, a better husband, uh, and a better father. Yeah, so I think the simplest. I mean, there's tons of different ways, but the number one way, because I promise my wife when I leave on these trips, I promise to come home a better man. So like, I have to look for a way to come home better. That's cool. And the way it is is I have to conquer my fear and insecurity. I have to say no to that tiny voice in the back of my head that's giving me negative thoughts. And so what happens is then in my daily life, I've learned to do the same thing. My wife, a couple months ago when my daughter was still in college her freshman year, um, my wife said, did you text your daughter today? I was like, no, I don't know what to tell her today. I don't have anything original. I don't know what's going on in her day. And she's like, you're, you're not scared to go on the wings of a plane, but you're scared to text your own daughter. I was like, I am today. She's like, figure it out before bedtime because you're going to need to do it. And so what happens is I just dare myself to do stuff. One of my friends was trying out to get into the Navy SEALs. And he had this, he had this uh, motto. He's like, all I have to do is be insanely brave for 20 seconds. And then the rest takes care of itself. Once you jump out of the plane, <laughs> you can't change it. You know, once you go out on the wings of the plane or whatever, you're there. And so in my daily life to go, yeah, I am scared, but make that call. Make that text. For me, it's usually communication. It's something in a relationship. And the times that I've taken a chance and lean into a fear from a Holy Spirit prompt, God has rewarded it so many times over. I mean, I could, so good. I could regale you with stories for hours. But, but you are living in a, a culture of challenge. You have your wife challenged you, mm -hmm. your pastor challenged you, and you, and you take up those challenges. The brothers in your dude group challenge you. Absolutely. I just think that they're, I think they're pulling you forward. And to just... And that's spiritual growth. We, we all want to be formed to become more like Christ. And I think it takes some challenges. And I think it takes some struggle. And, I think and it takes one of the other things I like about it, too, is it's egalitarian. I, one of the phrases that we use in do group is there's no teaching. Like nobody teaches. It's all group study or group discussion is that we all disciple each other. Yeah. And there's some people who can challenge me to things that other people can't. And there's things that there's people that I can challenge that other people can't. And so rather than look at a pastor to challenge us or a mentor to challenge us, it's that all of us challenge each other. All of us bring each other along. Um, one of the things we have when we go whitewater rafting or kayaking is it can be an awesome ride, but it's not a successful ride down the river unless all of us are in the raft when we get to the end. Mm. And so we got to be as a church, as a spiritual community, as a family, we've got to be making sure we're challenging every single person to come along with us so that everybody's there when we get to whatever finish line we've set. Man, I, I, I'm loving talking to you, and I could talk to you for hours. <laughs> I, I, you do make your living, and I would like people to know how to connect with you, uh, how, to, how to find you, how to get a hold of uh, Scared to Life. So just tell, <laughs> unpack a little bit of that, how we can like continue the conversation even after we say goodbye. Yeah, I would love any questions or comments. Uh, I'm on Twitter and on Instagram, I'm at Ryplane. That's R-Y-P-L-A-N-E. In both places, you can get links to all my various websites, my books, uh, my podcasts, all my blogs. I've been blogging about my adventures for 16 years, so you can read as many stories as you like there. And I definitely welcome anybody who has any questions. I would challenge people. Um, so I don't make a dime off this book. It all goes to a nonprofit that supports uh, educating girls in conflict zones. 
And so um, the most people are connecting with the book via audio because you get to hear me cry. So if you want to hear me cry while trying to read my own book, get the audio book. I don't care which way you buy it. You can even get it in the Hoopla app from your library. Again, I'm not making a dime off this thing. Uh, but if you want to support a good cause, buy a copy for you and some crazy person in your life. Bro, I, I would just like to ask you to to pray. I just, this is a holy moment. There's some guys <laughs> out there that are just, you're going to, this time together is going to help them connect to God in a deeper way. And I just, I would appreciate mm. your prayer. Yeah, let me do that. do that. Yeah. Father God, you uh, wired each of us in a unique way so that all together we show off your creativity and diversity. And you've given each of us a different burden, uh, different bandwidths, different passions, different fears. Uh, and you asked us throughout scripture to lean into those fears and to follow you. And so whatever it is that someone listening today or watching has in the back of their head, they're scared to do and they know it's from you. Um, I pray they would find the courage to do it in a way that uh, is attractive and not compulsory. And then that when they do it, you would reward them so much that they'd want to surrender to you again and again and again so that your voice becomes clear and those assignments become more awesome as we go. Mm -hmm. So give them the strength to do that and the reward when they do. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. I've taken away so much, especially the gift of going second, letting somebody else go second, because I'm going to risk a little bit more. So good, Ryan. <laughs> Thanks for being a part of the Influencers Podcast. And thank you to all of our friends that join us on this journey of increasing the influence of your life so that your world is better and the world is better. Mm -hmm. For the Influencers Podcast, I'm Scott Young. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Influencers Podcast on the Charisma Podcast Network. If you enjoy our content, we would love for you to subscribe and have the opportunity to tune in to future podcasts. You can follow us on all social media platforms at the Influencers Podcast Official. You can stay up to date, hear more inspiring content, and unlock your full potential as an influencer. Remember to use your influence to create lasting change that draws the world closer to Jesus.